All right. This is our first session in, uh, in what I really call, the, of course, putting on the, the full armor of God. And let me just say this as we begin. A lot of people in charismatic circles that get fired up about spiritual warfare and, boy, they start rebuking and casting out and all of that. And I'm for all of that. But, you know, the first thing that you're supposed to do when it comes to putting on, uh, when it comes to the, uh, the full armor, you're supposed to put on. Put, everybody say, put on. So we're going to spend some time putting on. And uh, that's really, really important, and I think we need to understand that. Also tonight, I think uh, I'm praying that God will give us a deeper understanding of God's ability to transform and change our lives and our circumstances. I have, a, I have, have something that just overwhelmed me today, and that is this. When it comes to transforming and changing things and changing us, God's really good at it. I said, he's really good at it. So, amen. But tonight, we want to talk about this, uh, finding and fulfilling God's plan and purpose for our lives. And this is something we're going to explore over the next few weeks. But tonight, I want to talk about accidental assignments. Everybody say, accidental assignments. Now, listen, other than the first Sunday, uh, first Wednesdays, when you come in here, we're going to jump right into this. So you need to come in geared up, fired up like you have tonight, and ready to go. In Acts 28, we won't take time to read all these scriptures. You can put it up there, guys, if you would. Uh, Paul, as you know, he gets uh, shipwrecked. And he comes up and he ends up on an island. And uh, one of the officials there is sick of fever. And he has a, what, the, what the scripture describes as, a, as bloody uh, flux. Paul enters in. He prays for him. He lays hands on him. He gets healed. And uh, the other people start coming to Paul on this island. And, and he, Paul, has a miracle service. Revival breaks out. Somebody say revival. revival. Revival breaks out on this island that Paul is stranded on. And uh, before they left... Uh, or as they were leaving, the, the people were so blessed by them, they began to honor them and give them things. And so they departed. They were there three months. They, uh, they had other journeys that they made. But anyway, this is a place that Paul finds himself. Paul was not supposed to be on Malta. Now, I want you to think with me tonight, okay? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say some things, and then I'm probably going to say some shocking things. Uh, maybe not to everybody, but to some of you. God had clearly expressed his will to Paul. If you read this story in, in, in before and in previous in Acts 27, he had prophetically, Paul had prophetically warned those in charge, do not leave port. Don't do it. Stay in the safety of the harbor here in Crete. And two weeks later, they were drifting in this hurricane. Paul scolded them. He said, you should have listened to me. They weren't supposed to be on Malta. They were supposed to go to Crete, be on Crete. Basically, listen, they were on Malta because somebody had disobeyed God. They weren't led to Malta. They ended up shipwrecked. And I did some research on the northeastern coast. They were carried 476 miles by a typhoon. How many of you know that's a pretty good ways out of your intended destination? Amen. Somebody help me. What, what would uh, 476 miles west of here be? Texas somewhere, huh? <laughs> Tell your neighbors, sometimes we miss the mark. Yeah. 
Come on, y'all didn't all say that. Say, sometimes we miss the mark. But listen to this. On the day that they ended up boarding a ship for Rome, those people who had been saved and healed and delivered from demonic oppression, I'm sure that some of them, and all of them, in fact, were very grateful for an accidental assignment. Paul said, I think the guy's name was either Publius, Publius, whatever, however you say his name. You can read this story. All of them, I'm sure, would have had something very positive to say because what began as an accident and what began as the result of even deliberate disobedience ended up being one of the most important stops among Paul's missionary journeys. Somehow a mistake became an assignment. An accident became a blessing. Are y'all here tonight? What might have been wasted was redeemed to such an extent that some people would even say and would teach that, well, this was God's original plan all along. But if you look at it, no, it was not. It was not God's original plan all along. It is an example of God's ability, listen to this, to cause all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. That's in Romans 8.28. This is a truth that we need to let sink deep into our heart because so many of us have gotten ourselves into difficult situations because of foolish choices or even deliberate disobedience to God, listen to this, I need to add this, or as the result of somebody else's disobedience. Can anybody here wave at your preacher tonight and say, I identify with one of those three categories? Some of us can identify with all three of them. Can I get an amen? And listen, here's where we miss it. We assume that because we start out wrong, that the blessing of God is going to be withheld until we get back from 476 miles over in Texas to right to the center of where we're supposed to be. And a lot of people give up believing that they've ruined their lives, that once they're off course, they would never be able to get back. That's a lie from hell. It's a lie from the devil. Come on, somebody say amen, Brother Scotty. So tonight, I want us to remember that our God is a God who can turn accidents into assignments. Can I get an amen? Amen. So let's talk for a minute about wrong choices, okay? Y'all awake? Everybody's awake, wave at me and say, I'm awake. So many of the major decisions in our lives are made when we're young. Y'all with me? They're made when we're young, listen, when we have the least amount of experience, when we have the fewest years to give to perspective. How many of you would agree with me tonight that your perspective at 42 is not what it was at 22, and your perspective at 52 is not what it was at 42, and your perspective at 62 is not what it was at 52, 42? When we have the fewest years to give us perspective, and are only going to begin, really beginning to understand ourselves and life. 
But decisions have to be made. Careers are chosen. Jobs have to be worked. Schools need to be selected. Spouses chosen. And we put down roots somewhere. But as the years go by, here's what happens. We may look back on some of our choices and regret them. We may wonder what we were thinking at the time. In fact, we may wonder and look back at ourselves and say, I know what I was thinking at the time. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> Y'all with me tonight or I'm up here by myself? The path we chose turned out to be a little harder than we thought. It took longer than we expected it to, Paul. And it was even less fulfilling than we had hoped and thought it was going to be. And that's when, listen, everybody, oh, pay attention to this. You have to be really cautious when you get to a place like that in your life because that's when real danger can arise in those moments. Because here's what happens. We begin to blame ourselves. We begin to blame other people. And we also begin to blame God. And whether we admit it or not, like we just said, we almost always end up blaming God. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say this. At least, well, why didn't God stop me? And even if we did it in defiance of him, you know, why didn't he stop me? Because it seems like God, when it comes to, if you watch television or you hear people talk, somehow poor God always comes out on the end, the, the, the losing end of the conversation. When anything good happens, it's luck. When anything bad happens, it's an act of God. In the world's, you know, view. In many circles, when things don't go well, it ultimately becomes God's fault. But here's the thing we have to watch out for. Everybody look up here and hear me. Regret is one of the major causes of depression in Christians. The frustration and the anger that we feel over past choices can be turned inward on ourselves. Anybody in here ever beat themselves up besides me? I think I'll raise both hands, Richard. You know, and the devil begins to whisper in your ear and your own, you know, foolishness begins to whisper in your ear and you start telling yourself, I've ruined everything. And listen, here's the problem. We make an assumption that our future will never be more than a plan B because we miss plan A. But you know what this story proves tonight? Let me tell you, Malta proves that God is able to make plan B so good it can look exactly like plan A. Ain't nobody else going to stand up and shout in the house I am. That's the kind of God we serve. I'm trying not to get too loud on Wednesday night, but I can't help myself. When God says, listen, he can cause. Everybody say cause. Cause. 
God can cause everything in our life to become good. I don't think sometimes we realize how good. Who would have believed that as Paul told them that and prophesied to them what the will of God was and the plan of God was that they could end up 476 miles out of the will of God and yet in that place have a revival that was earth-shaking, that changed and transformed an entire island from public officials right on down to everybody else. Oh, my God. So, but there are some things that we need to do. Let's talk about releasing the promise one day at a time. Here's the thing we need to realize. That God that can turn accidents into assignments and mistakes into blessings has conditions that must be met. Okay, now I got lost all my amens. (laughs) Many people ask God to do amazing things with their life. But then they give him no room to work. And here's where we're headed. God needs full access, a full access pass to your life. All right, here's how we're going to begin tonight. Now, I'm going to challenge you. I want everybody who will join with me for 2016 in saying, God, I grant you complete and total and full access to every area of my life, spirit, soul, and body. I want you to lift your right hand right now and say, Lord... Access granted. granted. Let's say it this way. Lord, Lord, access granted. granted. I'm yours. yours. Paul says that God does this for those who love him and have chosen to follow his call on their lives. Now, God doesn't transform our bad decisions into something good by magic. And our luck doesn't just suddenly change. It has nothing to do with luck. It has nothing to do with magic. Listen to this. Things change when we begin to pursue God's purpose for us one day at a time. And for that to happen... Are you already reading it behind me? And for that to happen, we must first die to our own purpose for our lives, our own notion of what is good, and our own plan A. Probably the least preached message in modern-day Christianity is what I just told you. Jesus is not just Savior. Come on, Charismatics, where are you? He's Lord. Now, I'm going to say something, and I'm telling you right now it's strong. Cultural Christians don't want to hear about surrender to God's will. To them, 
Faith is secondary to their hopes and their dreams. Can I come back next week? Can I come back Sunday? When I said challenge, I wasn't kidding. How many of you have ever heard the name Eric Little? A few of you. Some of you know it, but you don't realize you know it. You ever see the movie Chariots of Fire? You know. You know the song. Come on. Some of you do. It's about the Olympics. He was an Olympic gold medalist. He, he was uh, British, I believe, Scottish. And he was amazing. He ran, he ran, he won the gold medal. He made a statement I'll, I'll never forget. He said, when I run, he was a born-again believer. He said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. God's purpose for him for that time, for that season of his life, was to run in the Olympics and win a gold medal. But what a lot of people don't realize is, Back in that day and in, in time, he had, a, he had a strong stand about the Sabbath. And the event that he was the best in happened to fall on a Sunday. And he told them, I'm going to church. I won't be there. Amen. Now, that was his strong conviction. And so, but you know, at the end of the story, you know what happened? They changed the day of the event. I'm not telling you that's always going to happen. I'm telling you that there is a place in God that we can get to where we're totally secure with a surrendered value system that allows us to know that God can get us where we need to go better than we can get ourselves there. Oh, my God, I'm feeling that, Bobby. And you know, the thing about Eric Little is what a lot of people do not realize is yes, that was God's plan and will and purpose for him. And when he ran, he felt God's pleasure. But the next season of his life took him as a missionary to China. And he gave his life. He died. He ended up, he died on the mission field. Serving God's purpose in his life. Now, we're talking about releasing the promise and living it out one day at a time. Everybody say one day at a time. All right, y'all still awake? Ask your neighbor if they're still awake. Make sure. Sit, chick, chair. All right, okay, y'all still awake? Paul spent those days on Malta. Listen, and here, this is important. Paul spent those days on Malta simply being Paul. Paul, wherever he went, Eric Little, wherever he went, whether it was the Olympics or where it was the mission field of China, he was who he was. Paul was who he was. He was a man who was led by the Spirit, who gave himself, okay, you and I were talking either this Sunday or the Sunday before, who gave himself fully to the opportunities that were in front of him for that day. 
And this is where so many of us miss the will and the plan and the purpose of God in our lives. Malta became a spiritual success because, listen, Paul loved God and he kept being the man that God had called him to be wherever he was. So, listen to this. Even if the location was plan B, Paul treated those months as if they were plan A. What am I saying? I'm telling you, if you end up in a location that you feel like is plan B, you need to one day at a time start treating it like it's plan A. Woo, it's quiet. What makes this miracle possible is God's amazing grace and glory that He has promised to us this year. Combined with our wholehearted commitment to embrace our situation as an assignment. And then to be in the midst of that situation, the man or the woman that we have been called to be. Can I get an amen in the house? So let's talk about commitment. Think about it as we wind this down. The key that transformed Paul's situation in Malta was Paul's attitude. Oh, I don't know if y'all are just thinking about this hard tonight or if if you're like, Brother Scotty, I wish you wouldn't tell me this. I don't know which it is. Think about it with me. Paul could have entirely wasted those three months sitting somewhere moping over the fact that they were in the wrong place. They were supposed to be in Crete, not Malta. But Paul committed himself to Malta as if it were God's perfect will. He did not hold back. He did not minister half-heartedly. He chose to love the people of Malta as much as he had loved the people of Philippi or Corinth or Ephesus. Wow. And you know, I thought about this scripture this week. I think it was Solomon. He was writing from the perspective of an old man now. And you know what he said? He said, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And writing from the perspective of an old man, he was telling us, look, take hold of the opportunities that life gives you. I want to ask you a question tonight. What are you waiting on? Where is that place that you're waiting on? What is that event that you're waiting on? And as he writes from that perspective of an old man, he says, don't let the opportunities that life presents itself to us pass us by. Use them to the fullest in serving God. Because here's what I, listen, as I get older, here's what I find out. Life is passing by quickly and I cannot waste my days. I cannot waste my time. I cannot waste my emotions. And I'm not going to wait till something out there 
that I think is some kind of magic la-la land suddenly appears in my life to begin enjoying the moments of my life. And I have made a decision this week. I have made a decision this year. I have made a decision this day. I'm going to enjoy the challenges that are coming my way. I'm going to enjoy getting ready for Wednesday night. I'm going to enjoy getting ready for Sunday morning. I'm going to enjoy getting ready for seeing people every day. I'm going to enjoy... The grandkids running all over the place. I'm going to enjoy the quiet times. I'm going to enjoy the loud times. I'm going to enjoy the praising times. I'm going to enjoy the worship times. I'm going to enjoy the times of my life. I'm not going to wait till next week and next month and next year. I'm telling you, 2016 is going to be a time when I experience the joy of the Lord and the blessings of God. Now is the time. And I don't care if I'm 476 miles away. Bless God. Something good is going to happen as I am who I am supposed to be. My God, I wasn't supposed to preach like this tonight. I was supposed to just sit down and behave myself. Our greatest enemy, then really, is not the mistakes we've made. It's our failure to seize those opportunities that even our mistakes place in front of us and to give them our best effort, our full commitment. Listen, because God never leaves us, even if we end up in the wrong place. His mercies are new every morning. He will never stop guiding you. He will never stop leading you. The problem is we stop listening. We stop being who we are called to be. His call doesn't change regardless of where we are or how we got there. This year, all of God's grace and glory will flow in to help us. And I believe He's going to transform everything in our lives. If God can transform Malta into a revival, God can transform your mess into a blessing. If we got ourselves in trouble, listen, then true repentance will be our first step. We have to seek God for wisdom, and sometimes we have to see how we can repair damage that we've done if it's necessary. But in most cases, listen... The answer won't be to change our circumstances. It's going to be to change our attitude. Now, no sorrow. Let's talk for a minute about that. When God makes something good, He makes it totally good. The sin behind it is forgiven. The devil's plans fall away. And what results is clean and is beautiful. He can do it no other way. Every good and perfect gift gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variables nor shadow of turning. When God blesses us, He adds no sorrow with it. In other words, when He has caused things to work together for good, we aren't partly blessed and still partly cursed. (laughs) See, here's what most people think. Well, I'm... I'm 476 miles away, not because of my own fault, because of somebody else's fault. And now we're partly cursed, and God can't really bless this. And uh When God blesses, He blesses. You aren't a little bit blessed and a little bit cursed. I'm telling you, Jesus. Jesus took the curse for us. Somebody tell me that's good preaching tonight. I'm telling you what. The old doesn't linger into the new. We aren't partly fruitful and partly fruitless. We aren't partly happy and partly sad. Of course, there are decisions that have to be made. 
And there are things that we might have to deal with. But the poison is drawn out and the death is gone and the sorrow is removed. Every one of us have areas in our lives that we feel like we've missed God's will. Either through foolishness or disobedience or in some cases because of someone else's foolishness or disobedience. But how we start doesn't have to determine how we end up. To transform, everybody say an accident. Everybody say an accident. Into an assignment. It requires only that we trust God and that our attitude change. Everybody say, trust God. Boy, we're getting some phone calls tonight. Hallelujah. God is, see, God is saying, amen, Brother Scotty. I'm trying to tell you. God's trying to amen me tonight. I know that's what that is. Uh, Our attitude change, we have to trust God and, and have an attitude change. In most cases, our circumstances don't need to change. We need to change. And then the miracle can happen. <laughs> but now listen. Amen. Everybody say first. And this is important. We have to meet God's conditions. We have to love Him and surrender ourselves to His call on our lives. That's what I'm asking. Let's come to a place of surrender. Of saying yes to Him. That must be our goal. We let go of our own ambitions, our rights, and our demands. And secondly, we must roll up our sleeves and listen, do with all our might what our hand finds to do. Fully commit to being God's servant in the middle of the situation in which we find ourselves. Now, I know I'm getting ready to close. I've heard people say, I'm believing for a church of a thousand. Well, I'll tell you what, start off by ministering to the one. Can I talk just a minute? Oh, I'm believing God for a big ministry, and I'm believing God for increase, and I'm believing God for more responsibility and more authority. Well, I tell you what. For today, God's will for you is to take that shopping cart buggy and put it back in the rack so it don't beat my car up and put scratches all over my car because you're too lazy to walk and put the shopping cart back in the rack where it belongs. I believe in God to send me to Ethiopia and you won't walk across the parking lot to put the daggum shopping cart up. Some of you have seen those folks too, I know. Nobody in here like that. I waded through a, in, in a big box store parking lot one day and I had water up to my ankles. But I bless God, I'm going to tell you something. I unloaded my cart and I was already wet anyway. Why not? That thing is going back in the rack. Oh, Jesus. Put the trash in the trash can. Not out your window on the side of the road. Our, our, our part of the Gulf Coast is beautiful. <laughs> oh, one day at a time. And listen to this. And if we'll do these things and keep on doing them, God will transform the situation that we're in as completely as he transformed Paul's. And the day will come when we can thank him with all of our hearts 
for every accidental assignment that has ever come our way in our lives. God can make all things work together for His good. Somebody give God praise in this house tonight. Next Wednesday night, I'm going to talk to you, and this is so important, I'm telling you, I cannot wait to release this. I'm going to talk to you about a heart full of dreams. You're going to see some things I don't believe you've ever seen before because I've seen things I've never seen before. And we're getting ready to experience some things we've never seen before. Next week, as we talk about finding and fulfilling God's plans and purposes for our lives, we're going to talk about a heart full of dreams. Anybody got some dreams in the house? Come on, some of you don't. If you don't, you need to come next week because I'm going to stir some up in you. We're going to talk about next week a heart full of dreams.